Hey, I was just thinking this morning, um, Josh had mentioned it already. I, I am so grateful that we have leaders in our church that are invested in the community. Um, we got to, my family and I went and attended the Nutcracker yesterday at 2 p.m. And it was just cool to look and see so many in our, in our community just gathering together to do something fun like that, right? It's a tr- tradition every three years. And, uh, but to look and see um, the Bell family and several of our other families um, performing, I was just like, this is cool. Like, this is the hope and the, the peace and the joy and the, and the faith that, that, um, that Scripture talks about. And God says this season, what this season is all about that we take time to gather together to celebrate one another. So I was thankful. Josh, well done, and I know he's probably ran out of here and was tired, so y'all give him a big hug, even though he doesn't like hugs. Well, I'm assuming he doesn't like hugs. Y'all give him a big, awkward hug anyway. So we're in this message series called Hope, Faith, Joy, and Peace. It's Advent. And last week we started out um, celebrating or talking about the fact that 2,000 years ago, hope was born that Christ was born. Talking about the significance of the date, you know, we're in 2019, so add five years. Um, In your notes, it says year one, but add about five years. That's when Christ came to this earth. That's when what we're talking about today, the journey of Mary and Joseph began. And so before we begin the message, I want to start and, and explain again. So we're in the middle of Advent, and last week's first candle we lit was the candle of hope. That candle of hope, this candle, uh, represents really the prophets, the prophecies that foretold about Christ's coming and how we can have hope in knowing that Christ will come, and he did. And also, what this candle should represent for us is that he has a second, he is coming the second time. This morning's message is faith. And so I'll light the second candle of faith, also purple. The cool thing about this candle and this message today is celebrating the faith in the journey, the faith of Mary and Joseph, the faith that they had um, on the word of two angels, right? On the word of a dream and an angel that said, you will have a son, and I want you to name him Jesus. Um, But before you do that, I want you to go from Galilee to Bethlehem, which is a 90-mile journey. Um, And we'll talk a little bit about that journey today, but it's a journey of faith. So we've got two candles lit, hope and faith. Next week we'll talk about joy, which actually should be a fun message. I was thinking about getting Steve Sharon up here to talk about joy, because that dude is probably the most joyful guy I've ever met. (laughs) Even out on the shooting range while my gun wouldn't fire, like he's got a smile on his face. So no, it's all right, I got another one for you. Sorry, that was, yes, I, I do shoot, I do shoot. It was fun. So Steve, maybe you can come help me with the joy message. Um, We also talked last week about the Hebrew name, and this is in your sermon notes, Emmanuel. means God with us. And that was first brought to us by the prophet Isaiah. So go back and listen to last week's message if you didn't get that. Today we're talking about faith. So if you can turn in your your Bibles and in your sermon notes, you'll see Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Um, Faith... The celebration of Advent is a call for Christians to prepare for the arrival of Jesus. It's a call for us to, to get in a place of worship. So the next, the next three weeks, I think we've got two and a half weeks, right, until Christmas, if I'm counting the calendar right. 
the question is, how hopeful are we? Each day, um, I, I think I posted this morning that Christmas can be more than one day a year, right? And it, it actually should be now. Advent is meant to be a time of contemplating the reality of God becoming human. And this Christmas celebration is about the, f- about the hope and the faith. So Matthew 1.18 through 25. Let's start here. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, the son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through his prophet, through Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus woke up, when Joseph woke up, sorry, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Take note in that. Like, how quickly did he obey? Like, immediately, he says. He had a dream, and as bizarre as that dream was, it was more than a dream. It was, a, it was an angel saying, I've got something for you to do. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him and took Mary home and as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Like, that's always incredible, right, to think about... Um, you're engaged to the love of your life. Like, and she, she comes and tells you, I'm going to be pregnant and have a son. And he says, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> like, have you been unfaithful? And in their time, that was a major disgrace. And Joseph loved her so much, he was going to divorce her quietly and say, um, it's not my son, you know, it's, but I'm going to do this graciously. So God knew his heart, and he knew, I better get this man's attention, right? I have a plan, and he's a part of this plan. And so in his dreams, he sent an angel and said, no, I, there's something going on here that's bigger than you. This isn't about you, Joseph. It's, a, it's actually way bigger than that, and I need you to trust me. It's a bizarre story, but, but this, is, this is how it happened. So jo- Joseph woke up immediately, and he did what? He listened, and he obeyed. Sermon notes, that first line says, the journey of faith, what we're talking about today, starts with listening. I mean, does it not? So often we're so busy kind of running around. I mean, I, I, I've been, Myra was actually making fun of me this morning because I was trying to explain to everyone how busy my week was <laughs> this week. So I, I, uh, I eagerly signed up for training um, on the base, and it, it was phenomenal training, but it was like, it was two days worth of training. I'm so thankful for it, but I didn't realize what those two days were going to cost me this week. And um, sure enough, Friday came, and, and I'm, out, I'm out shooting with Steve, and my, I mean, asking my phone is just blowing up, just like every five seconds, and I, I silenced it, I think, for a little while so I could just focus on hanging out. And John and I went to lunch. We had a fantastic lunch. John Ref and I, he took me to Henry's. We had a Swiss and mushroom burger, 
and, uh, and maybe we had a craft brew, I don't know, I won't, I won't announce that from the stage, but it was a fun lunch. But we're so busy, and often um, the things that God wants to do in our life is to just get us to stop and listen, right? So, th- so the journey of faith starts with listening. Joseph and Mary listened to the news from the angel. I mean, I often wondered what that feel like when an angel comes into your presence, right? When you come into the Lord's presence, like that fear that, that the Bible talks about. But it's not a fear as we know it. It's not like Chloe likes horror films and she loves to go to scary movies, and so she and I will go do that. Myra's like, no thanks, that's not for me. So Myra doesn't partake in that sort of thing. But it's not that kind of fear. It's like this holy, reverent, like loving, all-powerful, like the God of the universe through these angels is standing in front of you and, you, and you somehow, every part of your being recognizes this power and recognizes this is something not of here. And that presence just kind of takes you over and they say, no, I have something for you to do. Joseph and Mary listened to that news from the angel, even though it was unbelievable. So th- it's, we've talked about this unbelievable story this morning. They trusted they trusted. So it wasn't common sense, right? It wasn't the stuff that we lean on every day, like this is common sense, this is how the world's set up, this is how I need to live my life. It was supernatural faith that they had. The news was sprung on both Mary and Joseph that even though Mary was a virgin, she would carry the Son of God. And in both cases, they stepped outside of the boundaries of comfort and common sense, and they said, okay. That's one of my favorite things to challenge people with, and especially, and I won't overly talk about our, our expedition trips, but the first thing we talk to, you know, the group before we go on a mission or a, or a mountain, you know, peak hike or whatever it is, survival training in March, I think we're going to do in the snow. Um, we haven't told you guys about that yet, but it's coming, for those of you who want to do it, is guys, get ready to step outside of your comfort zone. Because outside of your comfort zone is where God can stretch your faith further than you ever thought. And that's what he's doing in Mary and Joseph's life. God wants to stretch our faith. Luke 1.3 describes how Mary responded. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. She's starting to get excited now. And then the angel left her, and in in Matthew 1.24 This is Joseph's response. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. So faith is a journey. And this is the part of the the story where we'll talk about the actual journey from, from Galilee to Bethlehem, which is about 90 miles And so from what I've read this week, it talks about um, Joseph and Mary went to the desert. It was much like Kodiak, actually, 30-degree evenings, you know, 30 degrees during the day. It was wet, so I I can't imagine that, a wet desert, but it must have been that time of year, winter time. They were freezing. So think about if you had the journey from this side of the island, from where we are now. Let's say we're starting some some, uh, adventure race right here at the church. What would you wear and what would you take with you if you had the journey to the other side of Kodiak? And how long would that take you if you had the journey on foot? 
And how long would that journey take you if you had a nine-month pregnant spouse with you? You'd probably stop by the mission and grab the mule, right? What did they call that mule? Maytag? So you'd probably stop by the mule and ask Johnny if you could borrow the mule Maytag for your pregnant wife, because you're not allowed to take an ATV. You're not allowed to take your vehicle or a motorcycle. You've got to do this journey on foot. And you've got to be in Bethlehem in time for the census. And we'll talk about that. Luke 2, 1 through 7. So we're about to go on this journey. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all who should register, all the world should register. Back then, that was the world. This was the first registration when Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And so in your sermon notes, you'll see this happened um, five years before Christ. And I've actually did a little bit better job on that timeline. You'll see it shows um, 5 B.C. is when this journey began and when Christ was born. Each of us receives an opportunity to step out in the journey of faith. So to give you a little more insight about how hard this journey was, there was actually, let me read this if you don't mind. There's a story from James Strange. He's a New Testament Bible archaeologist professor. So think... um, Think the real world Indiana Jones, all right? So this guy lives in this world. He's seen this journey, and he wants to describe it to us. He first starts and says, we have no idea how difficult this journey was. Joseph and Mary's hardships would have begun more than a week before the birth of their son when the couple had to leave their home in Nazareth in the northern highlands of Galilee to register for the Roman census. They had to travel 90 miles to the city of Joseph's ancestors, south along the flat lands of the Jordan River, and then head west over the hills surrounding Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary would likely have traveled 10 miles a day because of Mary's impending delivery. And we talked about this, but through the Judean desert, would have been taking place during winter, so in the 30s during the day, and even colder at night, raining, all the time during this time so it's similar to our winters here right it was nasty and miserable and at night it would be even more freezing so this modern day indiana jones is trying to describe to us the journey that they had and it it wasn't just going to fulfill a census right he wasn't just going to check in and say hey we're here What I thought is cool about that is God is orchestrating this entire thing to happen at this very moment for one purpose. He had caused them and actually wanted to show, I think, their faith to trust him through this journey and this process at this time in in the middle of winter, in the rain, while Mary's pregnant. I think back then, those that have witnessed that, we, we're kind of far removed from it, right? Because we think the birth of Jesus, let's celebrate Christmas, and it's such a fun time. Um, but back then, they would have seen this couple travel from Galilee all the way to Bethlehem. And they would have heard the story. And, it, and the whole story is like unbelievable, right? 
until you start to connect the dots that the, that the prophets from we, what we talked about last week, until you started to connect the dots of the prophets of saying this is how it will happen. Anyway, it's kind of fun. I thought that was cool. So each of us receive an opportunity to step out in faith. Faith is stepping forward in spite of fear or doubt. So this is where it gets personal for us, right? Mary and Joseph were the start of this faith journey, but they passed that faith journey on to us through Christ. If Christ is living within us, it's, it's what we're celebrating from Christmas to Easter. It's, what, it's why we're even here today. I want to ask you today, how many of us are living daily outside of our comfort zones? Like if I could ask you right now, what, what are the two things in your life that are stretching you beyond your own common sense? And you're saying, I'm in. Like I'm trusting you, God. I'm trusting you, Lord. And I want you to stretch my faith. I think if we're honest, each one of us gets there at one point or another. Another way to say this is, how many times in the last week or month have you found the end of your rope? Like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with this thing. And hopefully the next thing you said was, Lord, I need your help. That's like actually the coolest place to be. Is when we get to the point in our marriages, and our relationships, in school, um, in the activities that we're in, sometimes when they're, when they're bigger than us, when it's something that we can't control, we get to the point where we say, God, I need your help. Like, I need you. I really do need you, and I want you to make yourself real. I mean, I don't know about you. I, maybe I'm the only crazy one that prays that. Like, I, I want to see that you're real. Or I want you to show my family that you're real. Or I want you to show my friends how real you are. And he does. That's what we're celebrating. It's Christmas. That, that's when God became real. So, before you just run out and do that crazy thing that you feel like God maybe asked you to do. So when I asked that question, I said, how many of you are facing one or two things that you, that you need faith to do? There's a few of you that already have that list ready in your head. So before you run out and do that thing, like, like maybe looking like a crazy person, how do you know it's from God? Like, how do we know? There's three things, and they're, they're not difficult. The, the difficult part is actually doing them. One is it's we pray. Like, literally, we pray. We just ask God, much like we did this morning, and we say, God, I, I actually need you um, to show me how real you are in this. Like, I need to hear from you. Can you please confirm this next step for me? The second thing is we're in his word, right? Probably should come before the first one, but, but in our world, often it doesn't. Get in God's word. Because often when he's confirming something in our lives, it will not go away, and it absolutely, definitely does not contradict his word. It just doesn't. His word will actually confirm it. And, then this, and so it's really difficult for us sometimes to say, hey, I'm hearing this thing from God, and, and you have friends say, all right, can we pray with you, and, 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 and are you in his word? And you go, no, and no, um, but I'm still hearing this from God. Like, <laughs> don't be surprised if they go, okay, hold, hold on a second. This last part is wise counsel. There's a reason why scripture says where two or more are gathered. That's where God's presence is. Like, where scripture says where two or more are gathered. So even here this morning, God's presence is with us. So wise counsel, prayer, 
and his word are the three things that I always like to say. Those three things over time will confirm, clarify, convict oftentimes, but also let you know God is in this. And he's got something for you specifically. And believe it or not, it always lines up with his plan. Like it always lines up with his plan. And I, I also love those times when I step out and step off the path and, and uh, there's a two by four, an 18 wheeler like truck waiting for me. I'm like, oops, I got that one wrong. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe he's just trying to teach me a lesson. Faith is stepping forward in spite of fear or doubt. So taking the step of faith doesn't mean there won't be fear. Like, do you think Mary and Joseph were super excited about that 90-day journey in the winter, in the freezing weather, in the rain? Like, I, I think they're saying, hey, this is something we have to do, but we've got a word from God, what we were just talking about. We've got something that he wants me, us to do. So we're going to step out regardless of how I feel. I mean, think about it for a second. Think about how Joseph felt at that moment. Like, if Myra came and told me what Mary had told Joseph, I would have been like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> I mean, really. I, I bet Joseph had some doubts. Like, I, I bet he had some, eh, this is kind of crazy. And, it, and, and then it was half of him that was excited. Same thing with Mary. You know, you could see her excitement grow. Like what, it seems like once the angel confirmed it with her, her excitement grew. But it doesn't mean that there's not fear. Like ask, ask any person that has done anything tough in their life and ask them, were you afraid? Were you nervous? And they'll say, absolutely. But they stepped forward anyway. The Bible says, do not fear, do not be anxious or worry. Actually, way more than 500 times if you look it up. I think it says do not fear specifically or fear not like 130 times. So a lot of people kind of blend those two figures together and say there's, there's a do not fear for 365 days a year, which is technically true, but there's actually way more than that. So Matthew 1.20, I'll, I'll go back to our scripture to talk about how God says do not fear. But after he had considered this, Joseph... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. There's something about over and over and over in the Bible. I think God's just trying to say, have faith. Like, just have faith. I promise I'm doing something. Like, I promise all this is going somewhere. Even today, in today's world, like we, a lot of us like to say, hey, it's really dark. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, and it's true, right? But there's also a lot of light, and there's also a lot of hope. There's also a lot of good. And I think specifically the, the light and hope and good is coming from those of us who know Christ and are walking with him and have said, use me. Like, I'll step out in faith and let you use me. All this is going somewhere, I think God is saying to us. I think that's what this story is really all about. It's about the birth of Christ. But more than that, it's about us living with faith. The journey requires us to walk by faith and not by sight is the next item in your notes. 2 Corinthians 5, 5-7 through 7 says, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. We have, we have the Holy Spirit within us when we accept Christ. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are still at home in the body, still here on this earth, 
we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. This is one of my favorite ones. I think it hangs in our house, and I was trying to figure out if Myra bought that for me because she lives with somebody like me, or if she just bought that for fun, or if one of her friends gave it. But Hebrews 11.1, 1, maybe this hangs in your house also. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, but the conviction of things not seen. So it's a hope. It's what we talked about last week. There's a faith to trust in something that we, we haven't seen, right? We didn't witness the birth of Christ. Like, we didn't walk with Joseph and Mary the 90 miles. Like, we weren't there with them. And, and, and even the scripture that we read today doesn't even come close to telling us what that journey was like. So we have what? We have faith. I came across a, a pretty significant story of faith this week, especially in our times, as so many are professing that there is no God right? Like, even while we celebrate Christmas, um, millions of us around the world, there are many, many, many more that are, that, are, that are basically saying there is no God. I found this story this week of a journey of, of a woman who grew up in an atheist home. Um, her name was Jennifer Fulweiler, who grew up in a loving family, but in one without which religion was painted as clearly false. Um, Jennifer says that she never remembers a time when she believed in a God as a child. Raised on diet of science, reason, and evidence-based thought, her bedtime reading was Carl Sagan's astronomy book, Cosmos, which is not a bad book, by the way. You know, it's, it's pretty intricate in detail. From a young age, she knew the world ran according to a well-established set of natural laws. She goes on to say, however, shortly after the birth of her first child, now how incredible is that? I remember what we were talking about la last week with Chavin and Chavin and Aubrey expecting their, their first child, right? And if you guys have been through that experience before, you already know like the miracle of that second, you know, the child is born, our kids are born, it just, it overtakes you. And then it happens again and again with each child that's born. So Jennifer was pregnant, and after the birth of her first child, she experienced a dramatic shift in her thinking. And she describes it this way. She said, I looked down with the baby in her arms and thought, what is this baby? Well, from a pure atheist, materialist perspective, he is randomly evolved collection of chemical reactions, was her first thought. And I realize if that's true, then all the love I feel for him is nothing more than chemical reactions in our brain. And then she says, I looked down at him and I thought, that just can't be true. This cannot be the truth. And she began this journey from trying to, trying to get beyond just this theory of chemical reactions. And because of the birth of a child, because of looking at creation, right, because of something way more complex than we understand, but it's confirmed in every atom in our body, she eventually gave her life to Christ because of a baby. I wonder sometimes if this journey of faith that Mary and Joseph were on, if this journey of faith that you and I are on, can't, can it often be, can it really be described in something that's so simple? And so complex is a baby being born.
So many discount the story of Christmas, the birth of Christ, because it sounds like a fairy tale story. But I promise you, when you're standing in that cave back in Bethlehem on a starry night with, I think they had donkeys and maybe a couple of sheep, was really the extent of the animals um, in that cave, and to see Christ laying in a manger and every part of their being confirmed in that moment what those angels said was going to happen. Every part of their being and Christ in the manger confirmed in that moment every prophecy that, our, that Isaiah and Micah, all of the prophets had said, this is coming, and it's true. I can't wait. I tell you, I, the reason why I sold out to ministry and left the corporate world is because I believe in the day that we'll stand before Christ. Like, I believe it with every being, atom in my body, that that day is coming. And we're celebrating Christmas because of the hope and faith that he brought us that night. Especially when we can't see it, we can, you can trust in God's plan. But it is a choice, right? Every one of us comes to that fork in the road where we make a choice. Was that baby really God, the son of God? Did that baby really grow up to be a 33-year-old man? and die on the cross for our sins? Are all those eyewitness accounts of that, is the inspired word of God really in my hands right now? Like we're all given these moments of saying, is that true? Is this true? But it still leaves, no matter how much proof that we have, it still leaves everyone at that point where we have to take what? One step of faith. And say, all right, like, even though I have doubts, like Joseph, maybe, even though I've had doubts in my own journey, I'm going to take one more step of faith towards that. Especially when we can't see it, we can trust in God's plan. I'm going to move towards uh, wrapping up the service um, now. But I want to ask you guys, like, where are you in your journey of faith? Like, where where? And, and ask yourself, like, just say, ask this, where am I? In my belief in this, in this Son of God, in this Jesus Christ, where am I? In this season of Christmas, how is my hope and faith? Is it unwavering? Or do I need a brother and sister to come around me and pray with me and encourage me on this journey? Having faith does not mean that we won't have doubt. It just means that we place all that doubt, all those fears, and also trust in a Christ that came to fulfill it. And we will continue to do this and wait for Christ to return. Faith allows us to live for today. But it allows us to live for something that we don't see, right? That heaven awaits, that eternity awaits. So if you don't mind, let me pray and I'll close us out today. Father, I love you. And I thank you that you sent your son. As unbelievable as this story is sometimes, God, you gave us your word that you inspired. You gave it to a tax collector and asked him to write it down to Matthew. And Father, you promised that because of his birth, because of his life, and because of his sacrifice that we can have hope, and faith. 
Father, I ask you just to remind us each day, each morning that we get up and, and every night before our head hits the pillow, that we can trust in you, that we can hope in you, and we can have faith in you, that you are the only person on this planet that is not going to let us down. And I am so thankful for that. Father, I thank you for the Christmas season. I thank you for the faith of Joseph and Mary that had, um, that had the willingness and obedience to take a step out and journey. Be with us this Christmas. Be with our friends and family. Thank you for the hope that we have, and thank you that you call us to a faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen.